you 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 speak English. English is very very different from Chinese, so it's gonna take maybe one year for you to get used to this new structure of language, and then the next year is for you to start it to know. Okay, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. So I can learn more. I can observe more vocabulary. I can. Uh, say longer sentences. I can express my opinions uh, with higher phrases, the advanced phrases. But I would say two years is pretty fast. And welcome to another world of the Marvin's World podcast, a podcast where we speak the tantalizing, amazing and just fantasia people. People who will help people like you and me make what we love a full-time job. If you like the podcast, please give us a review in iTunes, share it with your friends and let people know about it. If you don't like it, well, keep it quiet. Uh, today, we have a wonderful guest. Her name is Annie. And she is a Mandarin teacher for English people. She's been doing it for many years. And she has a fascinating story, which we are looking forward to hearing. Hello, Annie. Hi. Hi, Marvin. Hello. I'm so glad to be here with you. <laughs> me too. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, let me introduce myself, right? So I'm Annie from Guangzhou, China. Guangzhou is a southern city in China. I am a certified Chinese teacher who offer online and offline Mandarin and Cantonese lessons to people. And I also share my teaching videos and articles and on Facebook um, and my own website. So you can search Anni Luo, uh, that's Chinese, Anni Luo on Facebook, or you can search Learn Authentic Chinese on Google to see my website. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. And like, to tell us like your story, like, like just tell me, tell us a bit about yourself. Like, how, what was your life like? like? And how did you decide to become a lady who wants to teach Chinese to Westerners and other people across the world? Okay, um, first thing is I, when I was in school, I think I was quite good at languages and I had high school in English tasks. So later in my life, I have some friends who come from different places. And at that time they were struggling with study Chinese. And then I try to help them like from time to time, giving casual lessons. Um, in the end, all of them, they told me that, wow, Annie, you are so good at it. Maybe you can do it like a part-time thing. And then at that time, I was quite confused about my future. I don't really know which path that I want to go um, for my career since I did not like my previous job at all. I, I was a um, weather report editor. I didn't like it. And then I started to, um, to, to, to look it up on the internet, how to become a Mandarin teacher or Cantonese teacher. And then I attended some kind of like a professional training courses. Um, one year later, after hard working, I get I got my certification, and I officially became a certified Mandarin teacher. And then somehow, from now one year ago, I realized that I could not stand it anymore. I could not stay in the same office because it was killing me. I didn't like it. So I quit. Um, that was really hard for me because all my parents, my friends, um, even my old colleagues, they say, 
don't do it because it's a great job for you. It's stable. Um, we have decent salary and you don't know how competitive outside of the world. So don't go, stay. And I said, no, 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 I have to go because if I stay, I know what my future would be like, just like my other colleagues who are already 50, 60, and they still sitting in the same, uh, same chair doing the same stuff. And that's not what I want. So I quit and then I started to try to teach um, Chinese. Somehow in the beginning was difficult uh, because I don't have any resources. I don't, I don't have stable st uh, students, right? I only have some, a few, but not enough. And then I tried to ask around to ask my foreign friends, hey, where did you find the school to study Chinese um, before? And uh, one of my friends, he said that, oh, okay, yeah, I, I actually, I, um, I went to this school in Guangzhou. Maybe I can introduce you to my, my teacher, see if they want to hire someone. And I said, yeah, yeah, sure. Then I went there, I passed the interview, and then they started to give me students. But that's still not enough. Um, then I started to explore on social media like everyone else does. So let me see about, just started, maybe started from the pandemic um, this year. I started to try on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube and started to make my own videos, um, building connection with potential students. Yeah, that's my story in brief. Okay, and like, what was your struggles to get to where you are? Like, what what have, what was the challenges, and what was the excitement about it all? Um, the struggle is that you know that you it's a brand new um, industry for me. And finding potential students which are clients are not something familiar with me. I used to sit in the office and I did my assignment day after day, that's it. But this is new job. I need to create a teaching material, prepare the class, teach, um, do promoting and um, talk to people and do everything, almost everything. So it's a new experience and it took me a few months to get used to it. And also the other struggling was that I spent hours of hours making stuffs for it every day and sometimes even my friends asked me to, to maybe, oh, let's hang out a little bit. Then I said, no, I can't because I have to do this today. If I don't finish, I will, I will be late tomorrow. I cannot post this tomorrow. So it's kind of affect my social life. That's what I am worried about. Um, yeah, it's just, it's quite hard. But the most exciting thing to teach is I can find a lot of potential in myself. And I know I am more than just someone who do the paperwork as I used to do, as I used to be. Um, I stand out of my comfort zone. I am proud of it. And also, when I meet new students, new people, even though I don't have a chance to teach them, but when I talk with them, like they are uh, quite, you know, like ask me some, some question, 
um, they show it, they show their own opinions about the language, about the culture, about the country, about everything. And I also learn stuff from them, not just they learn things from me. So that's very great. Um, I am a people person. So I love that kind of connection. Um, yes, that's about that. You like the connection with people and what is it about that connection of people that you enjoy? Um, you know, just always, always finding something new, like a new life experience when I talk to them because I live in Guangzhou, I live in China, even though I went out for traveling, but it's just two weeks, three weeks, it's not enough. But when they came to me, they showed not just them, not just the person, but also their life experiences, their opinions about everything, about small stuff, about big stuff. And I love learning new things, new languages, new knowledge. Um, yeah, people excites me. All kind of people excites me. Um, mm -hmm. Okay. And what, what are some funny instances? Like, I don't know, my name is Dave. And like, what is sweet? Uh, I want to learn a bit of Mandarin. You know what I mean? And like... Um, he's like he 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 does really stupid things. Like he he takes a, a while for him to learn even five letters in Mandarin. Okay, you mean that? Sorry, what was your question again? <laughs> I was a little bit lost. What do you find the challenge in teaching people? Because I mean, there's people at different levels, and so if someone struggles, and how do you deal with it? Because you obviously have to approach different people differently. Um, yeah, some people they because they're maybe I I don't know maybe due to their mother uh, tongue they have some difficulty of pronouncing certain tones in Chinese, okay. like the one like uh, first tone like ah that one ah 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 the first tone is very ah. hard most of the foreigners yeah sometimes. They would just do it as the second tone or the first tone. So, you know, when the tones is different and the meaning would be totally different in, in Chinese. And in the beginning, they cannot pronounce it correct. Um, so I will just try to relax. Don't push them too hard. Um, I will use a lot of examples like a different vocabulary with that similar tones and sound. And then always go back to review the old lessons with them. Um, and just giving them like a more listening material, like a TV shows, uh, audios, so they would get used to the tone. And after some days, they, they will get it. Okay. Mm -hmm. so, and so what I what what is your target audience as a whole? Target audience um people who love China, who love Chinese culture, who love the language, um, who have the need to maybe visit China or work and live in China and they are my target audience. But are they from England? Are they from, are they Western English speaking? Is that your target audience mostly? Um, no, not, not just English speaking people, but people from all over the world. I want people from Africa, from, um, you know, like uh, Europe, America, or other places, all of them, they, if they want, they can learn something from me, not me, sorry, um, you know, from my class or from my website. So if someone is, so how do you adjust your approach? 
to someone from different languages. So if someone's from, uh, wait a second. If someone is from Germany, or someone's uh -huh. from Spain, or France, or Thailand, or England, how do you, because you said already in a lot of languages, the ah, ah, ah is different in Chinese and other languages. So what are some examples of where you've had to adjust to different languages? Um, let me think, let me think. So, for example, I have a student from Thailand and she, she's problem, you know, because the, the Thailandese language is a little bit like, like a you know, that is a little bit like slower, slower than Chinese. And the tone's a little bit like a wave. And the Chinese is not like that. The Mandarin is more like a ha, 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 like a stop and short and fast. Oh. So <laughs> when she speaks Chinese, they, she also will have that kind of like, 我叫的,我叫什么什么,我今年三十岁了, you know, that kind of things. It's, it's okay, it's okay, I can understand, but it's just not, it's just not that natural. So what I would do is I will do it, maybe the short sentence or the phrase, like one character after one character and let her hear, let her listen. And she tried to copy my pace, my tones, and also copy my mouth shape. I will let her watch my mouth shape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the that's the way and what about so with english is how so if it was me how would you approach teaching me well actually teaching you is the is the easiest thing because you speak proper like perfect not proper but perfect english so everything I try to explain to you, you will get it immediately. If I talk, teach other uh, students with other mother tongue, sometimes I need to use a lot of body language, like, oh, how your mouth should open like this, like that, so stretch, like uh, <laughs> your tongue a little bit twisty, da, 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 a lot of body language, but with you, it's easy. I just try to explain it to you, like uh, from human to human. So, I mean, one of the things about you, so you're already sort of fluent in English and Chinese, but how many languages do you cover? Like what's, what's what are you fluent in? Mm, I speak Cantonese. That's also my mother tongue. Um, and also I know how to, oh, I understand the dialect from, you know, the, the Taiwan. They have their own dialect, right? Taiwan and also uh, Hujian province and the east of Guangdong province. They have like a Minnan Yu. I understand that because my dad is from that part, um, but I cannot really speak Ooh. because lacking of practice. Okay. And so um, your main languages are English and Mandarin and Cantonese. Yes, yes, that's true. Okay. And how did you manage to become fluent in three different languages? What was the process for learning it and like? First of all, I have to say my English is not that fluent as now you can hear. Sometimes I stop, sometimes I take, yeah, sometimes I think quite for a few seconds. Um, but for me, learning a new language, it's not just about reading a book, reading textbook, or try to do a lot of notes, learning grammar, but also need to fall in love with this language, or let's say this culture. And then when you do all this hard work, you won't think it's hard, but you will enjoy it actually. And which means you give less 
uh, effort, but you gain more, more result, good result. Um, I used to watch a lot of um, Hollywood movies, uh, American TV shows. That really helps. And when you learn Chinese or other like Spanish, I think watching videos, listening to audios are very important. Okay. But how did you go through the, pro oh, falling in love is the main thing, but how did you go the process of deconstructing a language and then putting it together so you understand it? Mm, well, for me, oh, wow, that was a long time ago when I learned English 20 years ago. And I, I don't remember quite well, but I remember in the beginning, when I was learning English, I used uh, pinyin, like um, similar Chinese character to help me to remember all the sound of English. And I even write some Chinese beside the English. So then I can remember, oh, this is, this is um, the word of smart, intelligent. Okay, that's how it sounds. And then later, I started to pick it up when I listen to those words but i cannot speak right i i can only understand but i cannot speak and then somehow i had a great teacher uh in middle school she i think she's the reason why i fought, fell in love in english um she was nice and she knows how to interact with students in the class she play us a lot of uh, funny videos. Um, she tried to teach us how to read a poetry in, in English. And then I said, wow, that's really interesting because it sounds nothing like Chinese. And with this language, I know that I can go to watch news and uh, like uh, videos from other countries and I can absorb more information than someone who don't speak English. So I think that's very crucial to learn, to master it. And I also, I love watching movies. That's, that makes me kind of like uh, fall in love. Okay. And so it was the movies basically then that made you fall in love with English language. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can say that. Yeah, I admit. <laughs> I, I think that's the reason. But is, is, is English a language that is, so do a lot, of, are a lot of people in China now fluent in English? Is there a growing trend in China now? Um, you, Marvin, you have no idea how popular English class English teacher are in China. I would say nine out of 10 parents will send their children to school and not just in school, but also after school classes and spend a lot of money, a lot of time on their children to learn, try to learn English well. Um, in the old generation, like my parents, they, they learn, they learn it, but they didn't really speak it. They don't speak it. It just like pa passing the, uh, the test. That's it. But now, nowadays, we started to know how important that is because, uh, some people want to send their children out abroad to study in a university and some want to have a better job they realize English, English is very important. So uh, I think younger generation like me uh, are better than my parents' generation. Um, and the children who now are maybe a teenager, like a 13, 12, they are better than my generation. So we are getting better and better. And how, how do the structures of the two languages compare with English and Chinese? Okay, uh, let's say this. Okay, I, 
You see, most of the sentence, the subject and then the, the verb, right, in English, subject, verb, object, and then maybe it's the time, like describing the time in the end. For example, I go to school every day. This is the basic structure of English. But somehow in Chinese, what we would like to put the time after the, after the subject, like uh, more likely. So in Chinese would be 我每天去学校上课. 每天 every day, I would put after 我, I. So 我每天, I every day go to school. That is the slightly, that's just an example of just two languages. Um, yeah. And I think in Chinese grammar, it's not very, very straight. It's not as straight as some Latino language like uh, French, Spanish, or, or Germans. But maybe it's easy to learn the basic grammar of Chinese, but it's really hard to get very advanced. If you want to be very fluent, uh, you want to become a writer in Chinese, it's going to take years and years of practicing and trying hard. Oh, oh, okay. But what, oh, okay. But what about conversation? What about conversation? You mean... Like, like what me and you are having now. How long would that take? <laughs> English. Okay. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. That would be, let's say if you, let's say you, for example, you know nothing about Mandarin and you want to study it very hard every day. Let's say maybe two or three years later, we can do this conversation in Chinese. Whoa! <laughs> is it is good or bad? You think? Whoa! That is a that whoa! Ho ho! And and why is that? Why would it take so long? Oh, it's not long. Two years, I think, is really fast for a beginner. It's not long at all. Um, because you know, if you work hard every day, even you work hard every day. Uh, you, 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 you speak English. English is very, very different from Chinese. So it's gonna take maybe one year for you to get used to this new structure of language. And then the next year is for you to start it to know, okay, I'm feeling it, I'm feeling it. So I can learn more. I can observe more vocabulary. I can uh, say longer sentences, I can express my opinions uh, with higher phrases, the advanced phrases. But I would say two years is pretty fast. It's not long at all. Oh, God, that's... <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, I'm not, so, yeah, you know what, I'm not surprised, yeah, because the language structures to too completely this, completely different, like, the letters, everything is completely different, so. Mm -hmm. And have you visited uh, Western nations? Uh, yes, I did. I, I did a trip to Europe. Well, not, not, not the Great Britain yet, but to France, uh, Switzerland. Um, it's, Italy, you know, those areas. And I love it. I love the um, architects, especially the architects. And that small cafe that people can sit outside. And we don't, we don't have that much in China, you know, like a small table outside of the cafe. We don't have that much. I've got two questions to ask here. So like, with English, um, there's a joke. So, if an English person does a joke in Chinese, like, oh, 
my name, like the reason I look like this. So, okay, I'll, I'll use an example of one of my jokes. Um, my dad is Irish and my mum's Chinese, which means I'm a hardworking alcoholic. How would that translate in Chinese? <laughs> okay. Uh, well, first of all, I can translate your sentence like directly into Chinese, what you said directly. But if the people who don't know the drinking culture in the UK, they, they won't understand, right? They don't know what's the point. What's the funny point of this joke? Only after they know, oh, okay, yeah, because the British, they, 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 they drink a lot and they, they can drink a lot. So that would be funny. Do you understand okay. what I mean? I'm trying to make you understand okay. because my English is not very good. Um, yeah, you have to learn the culture, know the, the, the manners and the habits of this country, then you can understand the jokes. But how would it sound if, if you were to translate my joke exactly? Do you want to? Do you want yes. me to translate right now? Yeah. Okay. So it will be like this. Um, here is the alcoholic, you know, okay. okay. Yeah, 酒 is the alcohol, 鬼 is the ghost. So alcohol ghost is the alcoholic. You see, okay. it's not funny. <laughs> I know, you see, it's not funny. <laughs> because, yeah, it's the... It's just different. Let me take some like um, Cantonese, for example. Even Cantonese and Mandarin, they're both Chinese. But when, when I try to transform my Cantonese jokes into the Mandarin, it wouldn't sound funny at all. The tones, all the vibe will change. So okay. it's hard. How would you... so? How, and how do you not forget uh, Mandarin or Cantonese or English? How, how do you not forget English, considering that you're in China and you're not using it? Uh, no, no. Because of my job, I use it every day. <laughs> That's true. See you later. Um, yeah, okay. I use it every day, so I won't forget. Uh, some words I will forget. But I would like to try to read the news or the books as much as I can. So I will pick it up again. And what about Cantonese? Uh, Cantonese, I also, because uh, it's very funny because my city, um, the dialect of my city is Cantonese. So which means when I hang out with my friends, my childhood friends, they all speak Cantonese. And because uh, you, you know that the education policy in China, so when we went to when we went to school, we have to learn Mandarin, like a very standard proper Mandarin. And for some people, uh, Mandarin is also the, the the working language in a lot of companies. So it's like. It's like in, let's say, uh, let, it's like in, in America, in some, you know, some, the South of America, you will have to say English and Spanish every day. So you won't forget it. Oh, okay. Um, okay. And that's, what's, what has been the biggest moment in terms of, learning learning teaching what what is your day-to-day so this is a question i want to ask you what was your day-to-day -day routine when you were studying english you know you mean when i was uh, a student yeah now, how right? did you how did you now i don't really study that 
I okay in school we uh we went to school at 7 30 every day and every day we had 30 minutes of like a, it's called morning reading morning reading so all the students together read the books um sentence after sentence every day 30 minutes and then of course we will have classes english classes but that's more for grammar stuff um after school when i come home i will do some homework english homework every day but after the homework i will try to give myself a treat which is watching tv and i love watching english tv so i guess that uh, chilling activity is also the chance of study for me okay and if i want to learn chinese what what, what program should i watch um to learn the other way <laughs> okay the program um I have to say in the beginning, you might not be able to understand some, uh, some TV show because they talk really fast. Sometimes they have accents uh, from their own dialects. So in the beginning, try to look for the standard teaching videos on internet or try to get a professional teacher to help you to correct to correct your pronunciation. And a good start is always great for your uh, future study. And then later when you can start to understand a little bit, then you can step to some short videos, like um, maybe some, some like a cartoon for kids, um, some songs for a kid because they speak slow, slow, slower. And then uh, later, and you can try to, you know, like uh, use Hello Talk or some other app to find a native speaker as a friend. So when you have conversation with them, they will try to slow down to let you understand. So it's a great way to practice your listening and also your speaking and then later when you get much better you can start to listen to uh, like a proper tv shows or even news you know that's the way of step by step mm. but i have two questions to fall on post of that you know being an adult you're not really so keen on on children's cartoons you and you said that what's it called um you have to fall in love with the language how how, how do you <laughs> no effectively you just got it okay yeah no, that's very structured yeah that's a good idea <laughs> and what about like in terms of learning the grammar of a language the grammar of the language. So, so you, your question was, um, what what we can do to learn the grammar of the language, right? In order to learn that, as well as what I just said. Okay, um, for the grammar part, that you can go to find a book because you can find a lot of grammar books in the market. Just any one of them is fine because they're quite similar. Find a book and try to see the formula. Formula of the structure and try to remember it by heart. And then you use a lot of examples. Try to, uh, how, how can I say that? Um, put the real life examples into the form, formula to make sentences like i do this things so i would be the subject and then i change into you he she they and then i change the verb like eat listen read and then maybe the objects to change different things to practice the same grammars over over and over again then you will get used to it right so every day 
every other day is one grammar, one grammars, and then you were starting to um, feel comfortable of the grammar. And what about in terms of like finding a teacher in that language? Like what is the right approach? And because teachers aren't, you know, they're not a, it's not going to be like, oh, you get a teacher and you'll magically get what you want and be fluent in that language. How should someone go, what, what should they do to make, get the most out of, out of a teacher as well as those things you've mentioned? Um, I think looking for a teacher is, to be honest, is, okay, let's say to look for a teacher, to find a teacher is easy, but to find someone who is fit for you is not easy. It's just like seeing a therapy, right? <laughs> it's the same. <laughs> So, um, you, of course, you can try on the internet, you will find, uh, you will meet many, many teachers on uh, uh, italki, uh, Preply, and other, other website. And you can also find teachers in your own city. I'm sure you have some schools, some language school, they recruiting students. And then you will take maybe one, two, three classes with these teachers, no matter face-to-face -face or with the um, online uh, app. Um, you just try to ask more questions, like try to, if you don't understand, you try to ask the teacher, see how they react, see how they try to explain to you. If you feel, okay, I get it, um, I understand quickly and I love the way that him or her teaching, and then I can go along with, I can continue with this one. But if you feel like, okay, I still don't get it. Um, 30 minutes later, I feel bored, I lose my interest, and it's really hard for me to understand, which means that they are not fit for you then maybe you can try to look for another one, right? Let's say free classes is, are good enough to know whether this person is the right one. Yeah. Not like marriage, but you know, like tutoring is good enough. God, it would be funny, wouldn't it, in a marriage? If like, <laughs> oh, you, you want, you've got so many candidates to get married, but like you've got a go out for three dates with them to find out if they're the right suit for you. <laughs> to be honest, I think, okay, can we talk something else? No, maybe. Uh, to be honest, I think three days is also good enough for a person to understand whether the other person is the one that they want to date in the future, right? Later. Yeah. Right, yeah, similar to the same. It's a good analogy. <laughs> <laughs> and what what is what is the what do you love about teaching people? Mm. What I love about teaching people is that when I see my students getting uh, improvements maybe the first time they know nothing about Chinese. They don't even know how to say they're uh, nice to meet you, my name is blah, blah, blah. And then I can feel they have improved after one month, two months. Then I will feel like, wow, then that's, that's what I have, you know, I have contributed to this person. I help them to learn something at least something not a lot but but just some some something then i can see their smile on the face then i feel very fulfilled um i guess that's yeah that's the reason why i love teaching uh compared with my old job i don't i didn't get that chance to see people smiling at me because of my work that's a great comparison. That's yeah, that must. And and what what's what's the hardest thing and most annoying thing about it? About teaching? Yeah. Okay. 
um, <laughs> annoying thing, actually not many because I think all of my students, they're very nice people. They are very educated. They, um, they love this culture. They, they, they want to do well. So not really, but if I have to say one is, um, sometimes, you know, some people, they will accidentally um, mention the topic is a little bit, not a little bit, but very controversial, controversial topic. And for me, for a single person, I don't think I should just give them certain opinions. I don't want to misguide them. And I will try to avoid those very sensitive topic. Well, I can talk, I would love to talk to them, but I don't want to be very, very extreme. Like, oh, this is right, this is wrong. No, I always say you have to think everything from different angles and try to understand this world, uh, not just from your angle, but from other people's angles. So yeah, that's a little bit hard. And what would you say, what, what advice would you give to someone that's looking to become a teacher? Uh, let me think. Okay. Um, the, the advice that I will give, you know, like become a Mandarin teacher as me, right? Or just general teacher. Just but teaching Mandarin. languages, or yeah, just let's just say Mandarin teacher because that's what you do. Okay, the first thing is that I think very important. It seems a little bit unfair, but uh, they have to be able to speak like at least in intermediate English, because if you don't know the 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 uh, language in the middle is very hard to explain something like the grammar things not body language is not enough but uh, English is very very crucial and the second one is even though you are a native speakers you know English you know Chinese but you also need some professional training before you become a teacher because those classes, those training, will give you the scientific uh, method of teaching, right? You cannot just say, oh, okay, let's just, uh, like for now, if I speak Mandarin to, to my friends, I will speak really fast. But if I speak to a student, I cannot do that. I have to slow it down and pronounce every single characters with very clear sound very sender very clear that's the different thing and that's what the training taught me and um apart from that then also you need to be very open-minded okay. um, because you know when you meet people from other backgrounds you will have some conversation of sensitive topic then you cannot just say that okay i don't agree with you you are against us so no i fight with you no you have to be open-minded you have to listen to different voices not accept but listen to different voices and try to communicate there's there's one saying in, in Chinese, it's like it's called Chiu Tong Chuan Yi. means seek the common ground while reserving differences. That's what I do all the time. Um, I think those Mandarin teachers should have that. Um, and the last but not least, try to prepare some um, lozenges you know the one i'm talking about you know something yeah. that kind of candy to moisture your throat 
because being a teacher, you will need to talk hours, hours of the day. And then I do need those things. And I hope they have enough. <laughs> and um, what's, yeah, what's, what is a root? No, I think that's, that's it. Um, thank you very much for coming to podcast. And I think the, the two sort of questions I want to ask you are, who are your hero? Um, what life advice would you give to your younger self? And what is a quote you like to live the rest of your life by? Okay, about the hero stuff. Um, I don't have a hero. I, <laughs> I feel a little bit embarrassed when you <laughs> ask me this question because I, I don't really have a hero. I think I just try to want to be the best of me every day. And I don't want to follow other people's step because I am who I am. I want to create my own path. So yeah, that's the answer for that. And then the advice for my younger self is to, okay, Annie, you should, you should have asked more questions when you were teenagers. Be more curious about life and try to step out of the comfort zone, which I didn't do when I was young and I regret it. Um, also, don't be, afraid of, don't be afraid of making mistakes because all your mistakes makes who you are and mistakes are also part of your life experiences um try to enjoy that yeah and then the quote for me to live my life is be nice and cheerful to other people um love who i am i am this way and love myself uh be fearless to the barriers that stop me from moving forward. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Okay. And once again, how can, if, if anyone wants to learn Mandarin from you, how can they find out about you? Okay. <laughs> All right. Great. Um, they can search Anni Luo, but that's Chinese uh, on Facebook um or they can search the um, uh learn authentic chinese.wordpress.com um that's my website then you can reach out me through those methods so yeah thank you marvin okay and for everyone back home if you like the podcast thank you all for watching if you like the podcast please give us a view on itunes share with your friends and yeah that's been annie i hope you've enjoyed her and i'll see you guys soon mm -hmm.